Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Ian, do the Denver Broncos have an owner yet? They do not, but it seems like they may in the foreseeable future. Not until at least March of 2022, but it seems like we're in the process of potentially getting resolution to this problem that has been ongoing for seven years. I was just going to ask you, I'm like, how long have we been talking about this? Because we have done... 316 of these episodes uh, of these podcasts, right? Um, and we've talked about the ownership situation for, I would say, a solid two-thirds of them. And sometimes it's bigger and sometimes it's smaller, but it's a lot. Like, we've been, this has been something that we've gone over a lot. And it doesn't feel, from my perspective, like we're any closer to anything other than we all know that Pat Boland did a terrible job setting up his estate like from what i can tell most rich people do they screw it up all the time and as as great as pat bowen was this was a miss on his part and i'm sure there were uh mitigating circumstances obviously the uh mental decline was already there uh and it feels like something shady was going on and that's as far as i'll go with that statement but 
this is something that I feel like has to be resolved before any real fix can be made with the Denver Broncos. And the reason we're talking about this is to get everyone listening up to speed. If you don't know, the reason we're talking about this is Amy Clemmer and Beth Bowen Wallace, the two oldest daughters of Pat Bowen with his first wife, filed a lawsuit to challenge the Pat Bowen Trust, which was made up of or is made up of Joe Ellis, Rich Slivka, and Mary Kelly. What has always felt so shady about that is Joe Ellis is the current president and CEO of the Broncos and a member of the trust. So he's got multiple hands in a lot of different pots. That's as far as I'll go on that. But the challenge, not to get too deep into the weeds at this, and I wrote about this in a column last week for playcolorado.com, and the headline is, if the Broncos are for sale, sports betting could help raise the price. We can get into that after this, which I think is fascinating. But Clemmer and Beth Bowen Wallace were challenging the trust. There is a lawsuit in place. They filed the lawsuit in what I try and look at my story here in September of 2020 it was initially scheduled for September 1st it got delayed to late November of that year because of COVID-19 and then in November it got pushed to, to July 12th so as we're getting closer to July 12th up until last week there was a lot of speculation as to what would happen in this in this case there is intrigue over what evidence would get presented, who would serve as witnesses for both sides in this legal issue. And the main point of emphasis from Clemmer and, and, and Bolin Wallace was the mental capacity of Pat Bolin. That's one of the big things that they were going to challenge in Arapahoe County Court was the mental capacity of Pat Bolin when the trust was first comprised and established in 2009. Well, last week comes news that the, the case has been stayed and vacated. So Big that news. leads to the speculation that we've all been going through for about the last week is, well, what does that mean? Because both sides have to agree to stay and vacate the, the case. So does that mean that the trust has agreed to sell the Broncos? Because... I'm of the belief that's the only way Clemmer and Bowen Wallace would agree to drop their lawsuit is if Joe Ellis and the trust agree to sell the team, which has led to who could potentially be the next owner. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting just to kind of, before we start to speculate a little bit about who might be a, a good fit for the Broncos, as far as owners go, uh, it is interesting to note that it, the shadiness that you talk about really does come from Joe Ellis, but I can't imagine that a man who almost uh, had his boss buy him a suit once in New York would ever do anything shady uh, when that boss uh, eventually had uh, some sort of cognitive disability like Alzheimer's starting to kick in. So that that just would shock me. I mean, Pat Bowen almost bought him a suit once. He mentioned it. It was, of course, they were best friends. I the whole, you know, my feelings on Joe Ellis, that guy sucks. Um, whether he's good at what he's doing or not, doesn't matter. He still sucks. I will say, and, and this is really the, the hard part for all of this, the Bolin family and, and Pat Bolin in particular, but the Bolin family has been such a mainstay for the Denver Broncos ever since he purchased 
the franchise ever since he became the head of that team. And without Pat Boland, it has been a bit of a listless ship, right? It's, it's, it's a rudderless ship. I should say it's listing if you will. And that is, that is a problem in that it, it, it sort of overshadows everything that goes on because there is no real leadership. And there are going to be people who say ownership doesn't matter. You put together a team, whoever owns it doesn't matter. Ask the Washington football team about that. Ask the Jacksonville Jaguars about that. Although Shad Khan is, uh, I think, trying. I, I don't know. Uh, ask San Francisco and, and what they think of, of their ownership situation at times. As, I mean, think about ask the Browns. The ask, ask the Raiders how they feel about Mark Davis's haircut. I, you know, it, it is it's every chance I get, I'm going to take a shot. It, it is something where you know that you need an owner for the franchise to have direction, but you need a good owner for the franchise to move in the right direction. A direction is not what you want. The right direction is what you're looking for. So the, the thing that I hope for is that they will sell the team because I think they need to. I think there's a tax thing as well. Wasn't there like a million dollar tax bill coming due if they still own the team? And none of the, none of the kids of the, of Mr. B wanted to pay that I'm sure. And then on top of that, it, it just makes sense that it's time to move on, but move on to what? And that's where you start to get a little nervous because a new owner could do lots of different things that we as fans would not be uh, happy about. And so who's out there? that could step in and take over and would follow through with the, the kind of, what am I looking for here? The example that Pat Bowen set is one that I would like the next owner to follow. And it's hard to imagine a billionaire out there that's going to follow somebody else's example. If you know what I'm saying. Before we get into that, I think it's important. I, I hinted at it with the headline where legal sports betting, legal gambling could raise the price of an NFL franchise. And this comes from Mike Florio with Pro Football Talk because the, the Broncos are currently valued, according to Forbes, $3.2 billion. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of cheddar. Very few people in the world have the money to put up to buy an NFL franchise. But this is where it's interesting. Florio said that he heard from owners that they believe sooner rather than later the average random team will be worth eight to 10 billion thanks to legalized gambling. Now let's put that in perspective. The most recent NFL franchise in 2018, the Carolina Panthers sold to Dave Tepper for 2.75 billion. And the Broncos are all in on sports betting. They're all in on esports. I had a story at playcolorado.com on the, the deal that they have with EEG, which is an esports company, about bringing a gaming center to Mile High. And I think we've talked about that. Yes. They're going to have Madden tournaments where Cortland Sutton and some of the other players are going to be able to play against fans on the field at Mile High. So they're all in on sports betting. The Broncos are not a random NFL team. No. If you get an owner in place and have direction – Fans are going to throw money at this franchise. If they're able to get Aaron Rodgers, oh my God, his jersey would probably become the number one selling jersey in the National Football League. So yeah. they're going to throw money at the Broncos. So I think we're going to see that, the, that theory by the owners tested on an NFL team being worth 8 to $10 billion. So that even limits the pool even further for potential people 
who could have the money to put up to buy a team. And we've talked about this. A lot of people listening to this know the one person who has the money and wants to be an NFL owner. It's been talked about for years is Jeff Bezos. It is Jeff Bezos. And and to be quite honest, I'm not sure how – Jeff Bezos doesn't doesn't inspire me. And and part of the reason he doesn't inspire me is because I just feel like sometimes with people like Jeff Bezos, with some of these multi-billionaire guys who – are so far above and beyond what what most people are as far as wealth and an understanding of the world around them. A lot of times, and you see this in in uh, international soccer, for example, you get these uh, you know oil barons in in Saudi Arabia and, and things like that buying teams because they think it's neat to own Manchester United or to own uh, AC Milan or whatever it is. And I don't know who owns those teams, so I'm just you know these are just big clubs that I know, and that's why I mention them. But I do think in the NFL, it's different because you have to get past the ownership group. You have to be able to convince the other owners that you would be a good fit. So whether it's Jeff Bezos or uh, some no-name billionaire who just has lots of money that we don't know who he is because he's not famous for starting a, a, a company that sends you your groceries you know, 45 minutes after you order them or you can get a shirt next day or whatever it is, uh, that to me is is interesting, but you've got to have a face of that ownership group. And we've talked about this as well. And I, and I do think that it would be cool if it could work. But when you mention the numbers that you're mentioning, I don't think it ever will. And that's Peyton Manning. We talked about that with Cecil Lammy. I would love to see whichever ownership group comes in to buy the Broncos, take the step to bring in Peyton Manning, who has clearly made his home in Colorado has decided that Colorado is where he wants to be, that the Denver Broncos as an organization is his home organization. And I know Colts fans are going to get mad about that. And, oh, he's always going to be a Colt. He is always going to be a Colt. I won't take that away from you. But he has chosen to be an intern with the Denver Broncos. He has chosen to do uh, schedule releases. He shows up at Nuggets games and Avalanche games and uh, is is breaking down film with Drew Locke for two hours. I mean, it's... (laughs) Sorry, that was unnecessary. I apologize. Takes this off the rails. But he is someone who, if I'm an owner, if I'm a, if I'm Jeff Bezos, let's ooh, that's fun. I would I would tap Peyton Manning and say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna front the money because I can, because I, I just made eight billion dollars last hour. Um, and I'm gonna give you that money and I'm gonna let you run the franchise. I'm gonna let you be the owner of the Denver Broncos. To me, that's the smart way to do things. The question is. Can somebody like a Jeff Bezos, who's made all of that money, accept the fact that they're probably not the best person to run a franchise when they really don't know that much about football? I'm thinking about the Washington football team and Dan Snyder, who uh, came in and was going to be the super rich owner and make the team so much better. And they have sucked ever since. Or Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, for example. There's That's the kind of thing you don't want to get into with an owner and I think some of these billionaires that could afford to pay eight to $10 billion, that's the type of people that they are. And maybe I'm judging, I'm prejudiced, it's fine, whatever. I'm also just putting it out there as I'm a little bit apprehensive of anybody who can afford to make that purchase. All right, not to defend Jeff Bezos, but the right? thing- Because that feels kind of dirty, right? The, the thing about Jeff Bezos that separates him from Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder is 
he is the most successful businessman in the history of the world. He created something in Amazon that literally everyone in the world uses. So he knows how to, I mean, granted, there's a separate podcast, an entirely separate situation. Different category altogether. Talking right? about how he treats his employees. But when it comes to running a business and creating a business, he knows what he's doing. So in that sense, I, I will defend Jeff Bezos compared to Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder with that regard. The other situation that's very fascinating about this, and we mentioned the 3.8 billion, potentially eight to 10. Kyle Clark has a great thread on Twitter. He's the, the Hey Next anchor for Nine News. He's a great follow. I love the way he interacts with viewers and people on the Twitter machine in particular. I think he's one of the best anchors in the Denver market right now. He's solid. He'd be a good guest on the show. We're, we'll have to get him on to especially talk about this because he has a great thread about the ownership situation. He brings up a great point. I wonder, I don't think Pat Bowen would have the money to be able to buy the Broncos now if they were for sale and he was still around. If you go back to 1984, make it 2021. The Broncos were sold to him for $78 million. That's not nearly as, as much money as $3.2 billion. So, and here's the thing. The NFL has a 30% rule. So whoever the Broncos have as their owner has to put up 30% of that inevitable price, which is a lot of money. So that limits the pool even further. But this is a great thread from Kyle Clark on maybe some people in Colorado who may be interested in buying the Broncos. He mentions Philip Anschutz, who is worth an estimated $11.7 billion. He has the Anschutz Entertainment Group, owns uh, soccer's LA Galaxy, the LA Kings, and reports that he's willing to sell his minority stake in the Los Angeles Lakers. But, as Kyle Clark points out, Anschutz tends to own teams in places where he also owns the arena. And at age 81, he may not be interested in enormous new acquisitions. He mentions... Another potential private equity billionaire and Denver native, Robert F. Smith. He's pledged to give the bulk of his $6 billion net worth to charity, but he could spare a billion or two for the Broncos. Smith could be the third person of color to own an NFL team. So those are just some of the people that Kyle Clark has thrown out with ties to Colorado. I think the sure. one name, another billionaire that we can eliminate is Stan Kroenke since he owns the LA Rams. Can we eliminate Elon Musk too? I hope so. All right. That's good. I just want to make sure that we're, we're on the same page there. Hey, what he's doing is fine with his rockets that land and that's all great and whatnot. There's just other things in that, in that particular background that I can't, uh, I don't like. And so we'll just, we'll just say he's not, he's not an option that I would go for. Then again, I don't have any say in it and, and neither do you. <laughs> so we're, we're only pawns in this game of life as Mongo would say. I will say that you said it, and I said it at the end of my column, about whoever puts forth the money to be the Broncos, whether it's 30% or the majority ownership situation, they need to follow Pat Bullen's lead. They need to know that the Broncos are a part of this society. Broncos country isn't just a phrase. It's not just something that you throw out and say, yeah, I'm a member of Broncos country or Broncos nation. By the way, 
whoever ends up buying the Broncos, don't call it Broncos Nation. Yeah, you'll, I mean, get, so you'll get some serious hate for that. It's not a big deal to me, but a lot of people won't like it. So get up on the right foot. But follow Pat, Pat Bowen's the, – the way he, he loved the Broncos, the way he wanted to be number one at everything. He would do anything and everything for his players on the field or off the field. It needs to have that, that family aspect to it. And I feel like Ooh. that's been missing – Family seven years. So like Vin Diesel from Fast and Furious needs to buy the Broncos because oh he's got family, right? Have you seen the memes? You know the Fast and Furious memes have been so good. And and all you need is family is fantastic. I just so Vin Diesel could buy them. Sure. Vin Diesel, you know, Dom, Dominic Toretto, he could come up with like they could do a big car chase heist thing and steal. I don't know, $8 billion in gold bullion. I made that up on the spot. I should be writing movies for these people. And then he could buy the Denver Broncos and they could just own the Broncos as a family. I have to small diversion <laughs> to pop culture. As if that I wasn't have, a diversion enough. I have never seen a Fast and Furious. No, not even, the, hold on. I, I, I find that hard to believe because I've known you for 20 something years now. The, the original Fast and the Furious came out like 99 right? Yeah, we were in high school. We were in high school. So you didn't go see that in high school? Nope. I did not. I don't, I, I don't think, I don't know that I can, I, I, I'm not trying to call you a liar, but maybe you forgot. Is there a way you forgot that you, you saw the movie? Well, that, based on everything I've heard, they're bad enough that I would forget, but. <laughs> no, the original is, is good. You got to give it to the original. It's, 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 so we have this thing in my family where we love B-movies, we like movies that are so bad that they're good. A good example of that would be Hudson Hawk. I can hear my old man in my head right now laughing at that because Hudson Hawk, which is a Bruce Willis movie, Danny Aiello's in it. Uh, I can't think of some of the other people, but it's like, it's crazy movie. Go check it out. And then when you get done watching it, just be like, what was that? It's funny because that's how bad it is. That to me is what is what most of the, the Fast and Furious movies are. They're bad movies, but they've got great action scenes and there's stupid jokes here and there. And it's, it's two hours of your day or 145 minutes or whatever it is. I don't know where, and then you're done, you know, whatever you're done. And then you go on and do your thing and you're right. You probably would forget about it. Honestly, the most underrated of the fast and the furious. Oh, I'm going to get killed for this, but I'm going to say it. It's Tokyo drift. It's Tokyo drift, man. The cars drift. Yeah, you got no idea. You have homework. You got to go watch the original Fast and the Furious. Paul Walker is in it. He's dead now. There's, I mean, you know, you got to check it out. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. He he didn't just die in the movies. He died in real life. It's sad. It's it's actually sad. Kind of, I guess. I don't know. But what is interesting about this is it feels like two things that were thought of as no way are converging on Colorado sports. The Broncos are for sale, probably won't be, well, they won't be in the Bowen family anymore. And sports betting is going to increase the value of a franchise, which this could be a whole nother topic. And we could get maybe Jay Carnegie from the Superbook on this to talk about it because he's been around forever. Why, if owners think that it's going to increase the value of their franchises so much that they fight it for so long? That's a really good question. I think that would be a great question to ask him. And I think we should have him on because I don't have an answer for that because it, it doesn't make sense. In fact, I would, 
even make the argument that legal sports betting in Europe is part of the reason that those soccer franchises, those soccer clubs like Manchester United and Man City and Juventus and uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid. I'm just naming all the big clubs because, you know, I want to make sure I hit them all. I don't want people to be upset about that. Uh, Inter Milan, to get everybody there. Did you get uh, anyone from Bundesliga? The Bundesliga, well, like Bayern, Bayern Munich and, and, and you there you go. Dortmund and PSG uh, in Paris, Paris Saint-Germain. I can't believe I forgot about that one. Oh, my gosh. Um, anybody else? I don't know. Does it really matter? Eindhoven and Ajax and <laughs> anyway you got, the, you got the big one I got him I figured it out I would say that the legal sports betting in Europe has contributed to maybe not the value of the franchises but but perhaps uh, I mean you, you've it's a big part of soccer you go to a football match in Europe that's a big part of it and it's becoming a big part of what people do here in the United States with football American football I don't know how big it's going to be as far as like baseball has always had a real issue with gambling. I'm not sure how long it'll take for that uh, to become a part of the franchises. I think basketball is one that is very accepting of gambling. Uh, Nate Silver, the the commissioner of the NBA is all in on gambling and wants to put a team in Los Angeles. Adam Silver. Thank you. Nate Silver's the, the analyst guy or the, the, the the media guy. Just, Just go with me. And so the only, the only thing that I think holds them back is the legality of it all. And if you take that away and now it's legal, everything's fair game, right? To throw out baseball, they actually, if you watch MLB Network, they have odds updates and that little scroller thing at the bottom of the screen. So, so even baseball. Updates. And it was interesting. I was watching the beginning of a game last week or a couple of weeks ago. Bob Costas was doing the game. I think it was the Yankees and the Red Sox and they have, they now do plugs for sports books and Bob Costas threw out the name Pete Rose, which is kind of ironic. I, I mean, that's completely, again, another whole podcast, but now <laughs> baseball is embracing legal sports betting and you have Pete Rose sitting over here. So it's, it, I mean, it, it's complete, it's apples to oranges, but it's fascinating. I'm going to say something about Pete Rose, and I, and I believe this wholeheartedly. I believe he should not be in the Hall of Fame until the day he dies. I believe he received a lifetime ban because he gambled on baseball, and I believe he gambled on his own team. Whether he bet, bet on them to win or not doesn't matter to me. I think Shoeless Joe Jackson should be in the Hall of Fame because he's dead now, and he received a lifetime ban, and his life is over. And when Pete Rose dies, I believe he should be immediately, like they should just shut everything down and just put him in the hall of fame and then, and that's it. And so he can, he can live with the knowledge. I believe that when he's dead, he'll go into the hall of fame, but he doesn't get to celebrate it because he screwed up. And I think that should be his punishment. If you give somebody a lifetime ban, you've banned them for life. When their life is over, you can now enshrine them, which is why I think Shoeless Joe should be in the hall of fame. And why I think Pete Rose, when he dies should go into the hall of fame, both clearly hall of fame worthy players that has nothing to do with the Denver Broncos but I needed to get it off my chest. And like I said, we're not going to get any resolution to this. Even if the team goes up for sale, they're going to have to vet owners. The owners have to approve the owner of the Broncos. They have to approve the purchase that won't come until March of 2022. And it's interesting that you mentioned how Pat Bolin may have screwed up with how he's, how all this has played out. 
Ryan O'Halloran, the Broncos beat writer for the Denver Post, actually had a fascinating story when he talked to experts about trusts. And I think that's where I got the idea, to yeah, be honest. Now, now that you mentioned Ryan, I to think I read it and it just sort of was a while ago. So I'm glad you mentioned him. And the expert said, yeah, he did. Because had it been clear, black and white, we would not be in this situation. There would be no Pat Bowen trust. There wouldn't have been a lawsuit. There wouldn't have been all this pitting in the media of one side of the Bowen family against the other, which I think is overblown in the media. I don't think the, the, the Bowen siblings feel the way that the media has portrayed it to be, but we wouldn't be in this situation. And I, it sucks because I, I think Pat Bowen loved the Broncos, but I think the way that it, it, it unfolded with, getting Alzheimer's, I think that that changed the course. I don't think that he had any idea that it was coming, but I don't want to speculate on that because I don't think that's fair. But I think we are going to get to the point where we get resolution on the Broncos ownership situation sooner rather than later. I hope so. And I, I hope what it leads to is a little bit more success because when you look at this team, what you see, and I think this is a nice way to get us into this next conversation here, you see a team that's got a really good roster. But because it's a directionless team, there's there, you're missing pieces here and there that would solidify this team as a true contender. And, and the reason I bring that up is because, one, I, I got to get us to the next topic. And two, uh, it, it is something that is pretty apparent in the NFL world that the Denver Broncos have a legitimate roster. The Denver Broncos have a team that should be contending for a playoff spot, that should be winning football games. They have talent. They have, they have a good veteran presence on the defensive side of the football. They have solid offensive players. And you made an interesting comparison before we started, and I thought it was a really good one. You, you compared them to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of last season before they got Tom Brady. This is a team that is a quarterback away. One quarterback. And that's all it takes to turn the Denver Broncos into a Super Bowl contender. And that's part of the reason we have been on this Aaron Rodgers kick. I think that anytime a, a quarterback, and we, we talked about Deshaun Watson, that falls away because of some of the other things that are outside of football. Aaron Rodgers pops up, the draft and everything that went happen, happened around that and how things changed because of the news about Aaron Rodgers, I believe, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it, it sort of shows you that the Denver Broncos – are, they're this close. They're, they're, they're millimeters away from being a team that could win every single game they play. Whereas right now they're a team that is more than likely going to lose most of the games they play because of the quarterback situation. And that leads into more Aaron Rodgers talk because the thing that has been abundantly clear is there are a lot of people who think it's going to happen as we talked about last week with Cecil Lammy, he thinks he think, he still thinks it will happen. But the one thing that's been crystal clear about all this from people who talk about it, Jay Glazer was the first to say it. Cecil Lammy said in that column that we talked about last week, George Payton just has to be persistent. And I joke that he should just call every day. Just oh, wake up okay. in the morning. Whether it's Gutenkoost or Murphy, he's like, okay, you ready? Okay. I'll talk to you tomorrow. How about now? now? How about now? How about now? <laughs> I agree. I, I absolutely agree. And part of the reason we're talking about this is, is because Jake Plummer was asked 
Jake Plummer's promoting a, a movie appearance he's in or something. I don't know what Jake Plummer's doing with his time, but apparently somebody asked him what he thought. And he said, Aaron Rodgers immediately makes his team a Super Bowl contender. And that is the thing that keeps coming up. And it does cast a shadow over this offseason. I don't care who you are, whether you believe Aaron Rodgers is going to get moved or you don't, whether you think Aaron Rodgers is going to sit out or you think he's going to play, you and I and everybody else in the football world who is paying attention to this knows that this is the only story that matters around this team. This is the only thing that any that is going to change anything about what this team is because this team is no different in 2021 from what they were in 2020. There is no difference because the quarterback situation is still the same, whether it was Joe Flacco or Case Keenum or Trevor Simeon or Drew Locke and now Teddy Bridgewater or whatever it is, there is no difference because all of those quarterbacks are what I would call not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. I mean, you know what I mean though, right? There's a level there and he's, he's up here at this higher level and they're all middling quarterbacks at best middling quarterbacks. And that leads to a lot of five and 11 or what's what six and 11 now, five and 12. I'm really not liking this whole 17 thing. I don't like that number. I don't like having to adjust my views of math, but I'll say it's not just a shadow over the Broncos. It's a shadow over the whole NFL because this changes the whole league. You're going to have a team that goes from not being a contender plus 6,000 to win the Super Bowl, not even probably fourth to win the AFC West to being right behind the Chiefs for both the AFC West, the AFC, and the Super Bowl. That makes them a legitimate contender. It changes the whole dynamic of the National Football League. You now have a, a team that is in, that, that's in the same talk with the Chiefs, with the Bills, with the Ravens, with the Browns, with the Buccaneers. It removes the Packers from any hint of being a contender. So it changes the dynamic of the whole National Football League, not just the Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. And if you if you want to go comparison-wise, and part of the reason we were talking about this is there is a comparison to be made here. If you look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were prior to the arrival of Tom Brady, they were what the Denver Broncos are right now. They were a quarterback away. They had a good defense. They had a really good uh, group of offensive players. They had, you know, you had Chris Godwin and you, and you had Mike Evans and you had, uh, I think Cameron Brait was their tight end at the time. They, they went out and got Leonard Fournette. They had good players. They had a, a pretty good offensive line. Their defense was good. They went and got Shaq Barrett. They had a good secondary. Their defense was one of the top defenses in the league. They just didn't have a guy who could really be a consistent winning quarterback. They had Jameis Winston, who was a 30 for, you know, 30, 30 guy. And in, in quarterback terms, if you're a 30-30 guy, that means you're throwing a lot of interceptions. 30 is a lot. Is 30 a lot? It feels like a lot of interceptions. It's a lot of touchdowns. 30 is a lot of touchdowns, but 30 is a lot of interceptions. Could so, it be 30, 30, 30, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, 30 crab legs? Ooh, I don't know. How could you fit 30 crab legs in your pockets, though? They're big. They're big. They're like they're, they're solid, like 18 inches. I mean, I don't think so. It's probably 30, 33. Three crab legs is more than enough. That'll feed you. Three, crab legs are delicious too. I get it. I love me some crab legs. I'm just saying. So I, when you look at the, the teams though, the Broncos are a, almost a mirror image of that. 
solid defense with good veteran presence. You've got Von Miller, you've got Justin Simmons, you've got Kareem Jackson. You just brought in Kyle Fuller to, to pair him with Ron, was Ronald Darby. And you've got, I mean, I'm, I, Bryce Callahan is there. And you, the list goes you on and on. just drafted Patrick Sertan the second. Exactly. You've got Shelby Harris up front. You've, you've got talent coming out your wazoo in, in on the defensive side. And then on the offensive, offensive side, Portland Sutton coming back and Jerry Judy's in his second year. And you've got Noah Fant and Albert O is coming back and you've got Javante Williams. They just drafted to pair with Melvin Gordon. Who's going to, going to continue to be pretty good. I think it was pretty good. Right. It just, it just, it's frustrating as a fan. And I speak as a fan here that they're a quarterback away and it feels like they just keep missing on quarterback. And eventually this window will close. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.